Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Varsity Theology Podcast. Today is another Down the Rabbit Hole episode. We're going to be talking all about Solomon, David's son. Not my co-host David, but King David in the Bible. He was one of the greatest rulers Israel had ever seen, especially in the Old Testament. And we're going to get to talk about some of his morals, some of his leadership, a lot about his wisdom, and what all of those possibly could mean. We hope you guys enjoy, and we hope this kind of sparks new ideas with you guys. Hopefully some questions you'll have for each other and for us and for God, and just a good way to really dig deeper into the Bible. Uh, Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Hello, David. Hello, Brandon. Here we are, another Down the Rabbit Hole episode. My favorite. (laughs) Um, So today we're talking about Solomon. Otherwise known as Shlomo, otherwise known as Slalomanen. I think very few circles refer to him as that. Well, if you say so. Anyone speaking Hebrew will call him Shlomo. Actually? Is that his name? I think so. Oh. Shmolo? I think it's Shmolo. Shmolo. That sounds like such a more baller name. I know. Well, yeah, when he gets old, they could call him Slow-Mo Shmolo. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Should we refer to him as that for the whole episode? I might call him Slalmanen a few times. No. Okay. We should, for for (laughs) coherency and comprehension's sake, we should. Let's call him Solomon. Solomon. We know him as King Solomon, and uh, he's very rich. Yeah. Well... We don't have a particular topic. We're just going to kind of discuss a little bit about him. Yeah. Uh, This is kind of the first episode we've done just about a guy. Oh, yeah. And not like a particular archetype or concept. We generally go with a more of a topic than a person. Yeah. This This could be be fun. Yeah, this could be good. Cool. Um, Well, to start, I want to go off what you said. He's rich. You want to talk about that a bit? Possibly one of the richest people, if not the richest person to ever live. Yeah, sure. So, well, actually, maybe we should give... You want to just do like a, a bio of Solomon? Okay. Just give everyone kind of a quick rundown. Yeah. So we have Solomon. He is the third king of Israel. Technically. It depends yeah, on yeah, how you yeah. look at it because no, the like, kingdom yeah, was split king. and there were certain kings. And when it came back together, so you have Saul... He dies, and the kingdom's kind of split for just a little bit, and it's David, and then Ishobosheth, Saul's son. Ishobosheth. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. And then David brings back the kingdom as one, and then David's son is Solomon. So Solomon is inheriting quite a quite a large kingdom, uh, probably one of the best states Israel has been in since they entered the promised land, to be honest. Probably, yeah, since Joshua, probably the best. Yeah, David had a lot of conquests. Um, or not conquests. He had a lot of wars and battles. Not particularly... <laughs> For those coming off the other episode. <laughs> Mine's still on the conquest. <laughs> no, David did not conquest. David actually had a lot of battles and wars. He didn't really go to battle so he could extend his land. He was just kind of drawn into battles for various reasons. And and so his land got bigger. Uh, one thing I just want to point out in that is that I actually was researching about David the other day, and I realized if you look at a lot of the maps you see, like in the back of a Bible, it'll often show like the size or like the land area of Israel during the reign of David. Well, I always assumed that was just like 
all of Israel, which it kind of is. But this map actually broke it down as to what parts was Judah, what part was the northern tribes of Israel, what parts were actually vassal states. So they were like other nations like Moab and Edom that were under control by Israel, but they weren't actually Israel. Kind of like Puerto Rico is like under control of America, but it's not a U.S. state. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of cool to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That is is neat. Big state. Big nation. Thanks to David. Actually, not, not huge. Okay. Yeah. Like compared, compared to (laughs) Babylonia and Egypt. I mean, big, big in like that neighborhood. Big for. Canaanites. Big for Israel. Yeah. Well, yeah. Israel was never really that big as far as geography goes. Yeah, this was probably the most land they controlled in their history. So, yeah, again, as far as if you're comparing to, like, even nations back then, like Assyria, Egypt, Babylon, Mm -hmm. they were not that big. Especially if you compare them today, you have America, Russia, China, Mm -hmm. even some of the smaller states like Jordan and Yemen and I don't know what else. So Syria, mm-hmm. those are all much bigger than Israel was back then. That's true. So pretty small state, pretty still big the most for land Israel. They controlled exactly. And Solomon is kind of coming in, like it's interesting. He's he's kind of coming in at a really both unstable time and stable time. Yeah, I noticed like he he kind of he he takes the throne as David has to like kind of fight for him a little bit yeah it's not a smooth transition no and and solomon ends up killing some of his competitors for the throne yeah um people who were you know possible heirs and uh solomon inherits a a big kingdom comparatively he inherits a lot of wealth and he's really an interesting historical figure aside from his biblical significance which I, I would like to talk about as well, but you you're kind of into Solomon and and sort of his uh, what do you say influence in history? Yeah, I think he was just he's just a very prominent character in Israel's history. He wasn't one of the most morally upright people in the long run. And I think that's why you don't really hear him mentioned when people are talking about like the greats of the Bible. Like you hear David, Abraham, Moses. Well, wisdom of Solomon. That's true. Like that's kind of a saying. Yeah. It, no, exactly. He's not unmentioned. He's like I said, he's a pretty he's pretty up there. But like I feel like when you hear like the major players, he's like second class major player. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because he. I don't know, like, he, he has wisdom, because he, you know, for those who don't know the story, he kind of, he has this moment where he does, like, a bunch of sacrifices for God, is like, super zealous, and is like, this is God's kingdom, I'm God's king, this is gonna be awesome, we're gonna only serve him, and God is like, dude, this is awesome, yes, finally, um, well, it, well, is there, well, like, what do you want me to do for you, what can I, you know, ask me for something, and I'll give it to you, and... Uh, Solomon is like, oh man, this kingdom is really unruly and I need wisdom to navigate it. And so God is like, oh my goodness, like you're not even asking for wealth or for eternal life or anything. Whoa. Yeah, you can have wisdom and I'm just going to give you some wealth and, and long life anyway. Yeah. Um, and so you have Solomon as like a wise character, but I find in the narrative that you get a lot of 
hints that even though he's wise, he's not necessarily good. Yeah. They'd... He's not righteous. Yeah, that that's a whole nother thing. That wisdom wisdom is great and wisdom leads to, you know, good things, but it's it doesn't necessarily like wisdom doesn't equal good. Yeah, because even when he's doing that awesome thing of building the, the temple, one of the the great wonders of the ancient world, uh, he does it on the backs of slaves. Mm-hmm. And while that wasn't uncommon, it, it wasn't... They, the Bible uses very similar language to how they describe uh, Israel's captivity in Egypt. Mm-hmm. He says they set taskmasters over, over them. I don't think it uses like word for word but it's kind of the same feeling yeah that you get when you're reading it that it's like oh man this feels kind of i feel like i've seen this harsh. before yeah right where did i see this oh yeah when we were slaves in egypt right what a good time yeah <laughs> right and it's like that's like the in the israelite mind being oppressed by a ruler in egypt is, is kind of like their starting point yeah. And they always kind of jump back to that. Yeah. And it seems like Solomon, even though he's really wise and is able to like uh, deal out the best way to handle crimes, like we see the uh, the instance with the, the two women and the baby, um, mm-hmm. he's able to deal with these circumstances shrewdly and discern a lot. And he's, you know, a great poet and he can have these great sayings. But yeah, it doesn't really make him the best guy yeah and and also think about like it's he he was very strategic and he was very um he was a very good politician mm-hmm. as you could say like he had, oh, he had yeah. really good like he had treaties he married a lot of women of a lot of other nations not just to have wives but as political alliances, alliances yeah. with other them he was doing trading like more so than you really hear about of anyone else yeah, the tons, Bible, tons, especially oh again of Israel, yeah. and like people have heard of his great wisdom all over, and like he built like the temple. He also built a lot of other really cool buildings. If you go and read through it, like the Hall of Justice, the Hall of Pillars, um, the Palace of Solomon, the Palace. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. like th- he did a lot of really phenomenal things, and all of those could definitely be stemming from his great wisdom. But those things don't necessarily lead to good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. You see, kind of in in Ecclesiastes, which is traditionally accredited to Solomon, mm-hmm. um, but may have been written by uh, sort of those who came after Solomon, who are kind of mm-hmm. not puppet writers, but sort of writing as if from his perspective, mm. and kind of talking about how this wisdom thing. Although it's good and one should pursue it, it isn't ultimately the thing that, that gets you to the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's like smoke. Life is smoke. Hevel. Hevel is the yeah. Hebrew word. Yeah. Um, and you don't really, you can't you can't think yourself to the top. Mm. And we see that with Solomon because he does he starts using his wisdom to do what's best for him. Yeah. By making those alliances and, and getting those like treaties and stuff. And he starts doing things with his wisdom that God says elsewhere not to do. Yeah. Like hoarding wives. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, that, that was politically smart of him. He got rid- 
ridiculously rich from it. <laughs> um, <laughs> like we we were doing well. We didn't do the math, but we were looking into people who have done the math. And his total wealth, if you take like all the things that are listed in the Bible, of what his net worth or whatever would be, it was like two point two trillion dollars. Yeah, yeah. And the funny thing was, um, he was like the richest man in most of the lists and things I found uh, in history. And the few one or a few sources that claimed him as lower or like number four or three, the only people above him, it was counting their entire like a dynasty or entire nation's wealth Mm -hmm. as their personal wealth. Mm -hmm. Whereas Solomon's wealth was like his wealth. That wasn't right. even counting the wealth of Israel. Mm-hmm. So, like, it is very possible that Solomon was the most wealthy man ever. That's true. And Recorded, anyway. Yeah. And and apparently the wisest man ever. Yeah. Which, I actually, like, I'll admit I've had some trouble understanding that. Because you want to be the wisest man. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's just that when I when I think of a wise person, I think of somebody who applies knowledge rightly. And I don't see Solomon applying his knowledge rightly. Mm. I see him imposing really, really sharp and severe taxes on his people, mm. doing trades with foreign nations that get him into trouble, marrying women that cause him to go after other gods and, and begin to betray Yahweh. Mm. Um, and yeah, he, he writes great proverbs and he has great sayings and he deals justly in courts. That's awesome. I, I just don't, I don't know. Help me out here. I don't, I don't see him as wiser than even a lot of people in scripture. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's a lot of factors here. Um, how like just his sheer power, like he had more power than I would argue any other King in Israel. Mm -hmm. Um, and like all of that influence and power that he had can very easily lead to corruption. I think the wives were a huge part of that. Um, because inherently marrying someone to you know stabilize relations with other nations isn't necessarily a bad thing especially if it's like you know one or two that's fine and like especially in these times that makes sense but maybe but, only in those times yeah oh i would yeah, yeah. I, I, I am saying there's particular circumstances yeah, yeah. one is enough today <laughs> we don't marry two uh but um Having 700 plus 300 concubines, that's a thousand women. And like, I'm a married man. Um, my, my wife, she has a lot of influence in my life. Right. I take um, what she says very seriously. I mean, luckily she's a woman of God and um, her influence is very positive on my life. But even if you have... But that's just one. I have just one. And I know Solomon's relationship with each of his wives was not nearly the same. Yeah, no. Just by the fact that he had so many. They probably didn't live with him. But the fact that they do have a great influence over him, and even if only a couple had that majority of influence, 
if they're all from foreign nations serving foreign gods, you're just gonna be in trouble. Mm. It's just, it's like a, it's getting yourself into a bad situation. Yeah, yeah. So then I guess maybe what I'm, I'm just reasoning through this as I go. The thing that we're to take away from like the Solomon narrative is that the wisest man who ever lived turned evil. Mm. Because why? Because because wisdom is not all. Like wiz the goal isn't wisdom, I think. Yeah, right. And like we said, wisdom doesn't equal good. So wisdom could include, you know, a wise man may know how to get the best deal out of a trade negotiation with a nation that doesn't make him the most honest or integritous man. Oh, you know, I think I, I think I just made a connection. Oh, please share. So I just noticed this, there's, there's a pattern in the Bible of these characters that are said to have, um, like the, the, the highest level of equality mm-hmm. and it fails them every time. Like highest Samson. Le- highest level of equality. Of, 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 of quality. Oh, of quality. Yeah. Not equality. <laughs> um, well, like, okay, I'm just thinking of Samson, mm-hmm. strongest man who ever lived, mm. but his strength failed him. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Saul was was very tall. He <laughs> the was, tallest man. He, not the tallest man but yeah. ever, but like, he, you know, he was, uh, his, grand, his grandeur yeah. was magnificent and it failed him. Mm. Um, David's love for God, even. It says that he was a man after God's own heart, and yet he still fell into sin. Um, now, it doesn't say that he loved, was the most loving person to God ever, and it's not to say that loving God will fail you. Hmm. But it is to say, I think that um, you have these examples of all these people that have these qualities that were seen as virtuous, mm-hmm. and they represent like the max level of a quality. Ah. And ultimately, that individual quality is not enough. Oh, I see. Ooh. I lo- okay. To Just to preface, I don't know if I would agree with the David one. Okay. I think that the love of God being the top one, I think that kind of is the top one you should go for. Okay. And because David's human, he ultimately failed. Ah. Not because sure, his sure. love of God failed. But I like the way you're thinking in the sense... Like, like you, Samson, and with, I think, um, like, the way that even at the peak of this particular attribute, they were faulty. Mm-hmm. Almost, like, if you've ever played a video game where you have to build up skills, mm-hmm. you can either build up one skill and be super proficient in that, mm-hmm. but it leaves you vulnerable in everything else. Oh, okay. And, yeah, right. And, like, we are called to a standard where they all have to be maxed out. Mm. You have to be good at all of these. And the only character you see in the Bible, obviously, is Jesus mm-hmm. that has all of these. Are there any other examples of people that are said to be the best, like the best who ever lived at something or in some way? I'm just I'm trying to think if maybe we've accidentally stumbled on a theme. Uh, maybe I think Abraham is always referenced as faith. Okay. He has the most faith. Does it say he was the most faithful person who ever lived though? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't I don't I don't know if that's I would it. say that Abraham probably had less faith than Elijah. Oh. Um 
maybe. I mean, I don't hmm. know. That's a pretty hard thing to, to quantify, but like... So, like, the Bible says Solomon was the most wise. Yes. Does it say that about Samson being the strongest? Yes. So, so. So, you're, so we're looking for other people? I think it's pretty self-evident that he was the strongest. <laughs> Dude literally ripped a lion in half and hey, knocked he, over a temple strong. with his bare hands. But yeah, like, I don't know. I, I'm just trying to think if, if, if maybe that's just like a coincidence. It's possible. But either yeah. way, what's the lesson there? You know, because I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to think of like, why would they say Solomon was the wisest person if his story is a tragedy? Oh, why yeah. would they highlight yeah. that that really good quality that actually the Bible teaches us to seek out mm-hmm. and to desire and to earnestly look, to, you know, become wise? Yeah. Uh, and yet, the wisest man is an idolatrous, adulterous, um, you know, I don't know, self-interested kind of guy, yeah. ultimately. And he starts out with really good intentions, and he's rolling well, and he's serving the Lord, and these little compromises. Mm. And you actually see that, oh, like, did he He didn't stop being wise. It never says that his wisdom was taken, but it failed. Mm. And uh, so I'm, I'm kind of thinking maybe there's something to the idea that human, like, maximum human potential... Mm-hmm is isn't enough or um, or isn't the thing yeah and maybe maybe that's kind of getting towards this idea that that man cannot satisfy god through his quality his own qualities ah like works yeah works are not going to lead to salvation or righteousness right yeah like uh, yeah we were doing a study tonight in life group about uh, the the Didache, which is an ancient church document talking about how to disciple people, mm-hmm. and one of the like quips of advice is, if you can take on the yoke of the Lord and be perfect, you should do that. But if you can't be, per- <laughs> <laughs> but, but if you can't be perfect, then do the best you can. That's literally yeah. what it says. <laughs> it's like that makes sense. Huh. Yeah. Well, okay, I think it's kind of implied that you can't be perfect. So yeah. then it's, it's saying. Just try, and then you'll fail, and then lean on the Lord. Yeah. And I think Solomon, his wisdom failed him. He saw the world as hevel of vapor in his hands, and he couldn't grab onto it. And even with all his wisdom, he, he couldn't sustain himself. Mm-hmm. And because he put his trust in his wisdom to save him, he, he fell from his mm. own throne, and his kingdom was torn from him. That's, that's a good point. I think that could be connected to David in the sense of we, we highlighted David, his like attribute was a man after God's own heart, mm-hmm. or one of his major attributes. Mm-hmm. And when David fell and was did wrong, he came back to God, actually, instead. Yeah. And so you see that character difference between mm-hmm. the two of them. Yeah. Whereas Solomon's main attribute is his wisdom and when he leans on that it's good but it's not enough and it's not it shouldn't be the core mm-hmm. in a sense and then you have David his kind of main drive is a man after God's own heart and even though he fails too he comes back to God and he repents and he 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 speaks of God's 
truth and his mercies like there's the psalm of after his whole deal with Bathsheba where he's mm-hmm. telling God he's like I know you can wash me clean yeah I know you can make my heart new mm-hmm. and I'm asking you to do this thank you Jesus or <laughs> not Jesus <laughs> thank you God soon well yes Jesus but he yeah. doesn't know that yeah <laughs> um yeah yeah right because because his well because Solomon you read his his literature and while his literature, we, or the, at least Ecclesiastes and Proverbs, mm-hmm. uh, is still the word of God, it does. You, you do see the personality difference there, mm-hmm. in the sense where Ecclesiastes is looking at the frailty of human existence and kind of coming to the end of it and being like, "Well, trust God and and fear Him and walk in His ways." Mm-hmm. And that's kind of just, it kind of leaves you there. Yeah. But the Psalms, there's this deeper, I think there's, there's, there's some, there's a, a new level underneath what the Ecclesiastes is saying with the Psalms, which is recognizing the brokenness, understanding that you need God and then actually going to him. Oh yeah. There's like a, the, the prayer it's, it's actually crossing the threshold and talking, having the conversation with him. Yeah. We we talked about something very similar to this um, in one of our classes this last semester, where we were talking about um, the different aspects. I think it was of repentance, mm. and how it requires logical. You have to think about it. Like repentance doesn't just happen, and the emotional response to that, or maybe it's emotion then logical. But those two play a role. But Neither of those matter unless you have the volition, which is actually going and repenting. Mm. And so just like that, like, oh, interesting. So we don't see the volition as much. Judas and Peter. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about that. Yeah, because Judas, both Judas and Peter betray Jesus. Yeah. Judas um, feels really bad about it. And he like. He has the emotion. Yeah. He, ha- he has the emotion. He and has the, the understanding. Yeah. And then he quits and yep. he hangs himself. Terrible, tragic. And, but then Peter is the, the like the, the flip side of that. He Same situation. I mean, not the same situation, but like, you know, same kind of sin, same guilt, same regret, brokenness. But in his brokenness, he still waits for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... And we see him restored. Yeah. Well, not only restored, but elevated. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. yeah. That, that uh, is it. Is it after? Oh, I'm trying to think if there's if there's more connections here with David, because there's a there's a, a part right after Bathsheba. Does his kingdom expand after he repents? I don't think so. No, I, I thought think... I thought there was like a mil- like a victory or or something that happened like directly after his son died. Well, <laughs> that yeah, yeah, right. But I don't know. I I think that I'm just looking for patterns here. But I think that there's a a teaching throughout Scripture that's very like quiet. It's it's a quiet teaching, mm. but it's through the whole narrative that there are those who sin and feel bad, and then there are those who sin and repent and, and mm. turn. Um, 
And I think you see that in David versus Solomon. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. David is a repenter and Solomon just kind of recognizes that he did wrong. And, and then he, he kind of just dies. Mm. Yeah. His wealth couldn't help him. His wisdom didn't help him. Um, and he understood that he actually, he was able to, I, I think, get that. And David understood that the, the responses are different. Yeah. And that's not to say we don't know the true end of Solomon. I that's mean, fair. I personally have looked into it myself. I've seen scholars on both sides say that he was, he was evil to the end and unredeemed. And some are like, that's rubbish. He <laughs> repented later. You can see here, here, here. And I'm, I'm personally not sure on either one, but yeah, it's, I don't think it's, you can confirm. It's interesting like that. how that's actually kind of ambiguous. Well, yeah, the Bible the actually never tells you <laughs> if anybody, like, went to hell or not. Yeah. Or, I don't know if you noticed that, but, like, they what do they do? They sleep with their fathers. Yeah. Because they have a different understanding. Well, and that's... I'll be careful there. <laughs> that's a rabbit hole we don't yeah, have right yeah, now. Yeah, we don't need to go into... But, but you're right in the sense that the Bible doesn't generally point out, this was a good person, this was a bad person. Right. And you Solomon died in his sin and faced the wrath of God. Yep. Nobody. David went to heaven with Jesus and party. It's like, oh, there he goes, Jesus again. David didn't know. Anyway, yeah, you don't see that really. Yeah. So, so again, in like the whole story of Solomon, so full of so many things. And this is just one aspect. Slalman and Slalman. Wait, what was the what was the Shlomo? Shlomo. I like that. Slomo, Shlomo. He was slow to repent. Slomo, Shlomo. Yeah, got a little. Ooh, you see that we got a little chiastic structure in the podcast. Oh my gosh! <laughs> in it, wait, you got to wrap it all up with the shlomo. Yeah. Well, well that was of, fun. Speaking of wrapping up, yeah, that was uh not what I expected. Yeah, I was. I honestly was gonna focus more on the riches, but you know, some things just uh, come out when we're having these conversations. And Solomon had lots of gold. <laughs> That's the so best. much. That's the best part, though. <laughs> that's the best part of his story. No, 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 no. So he had lots of gold. Of our podcast. That guy was loaded. We end. get to uh, discuss things that, you know, we don't plan on. Yep. And uh, that's kind of how the Bible goes. Just read it. You don't intend to find stuff all the time. You can look for things, but sometimes they just jump out at you. If you go to the Bible looking for something specific, you'll probably find it. <laughs> and that's not always a good thing. Yeah. That's another rabbit hole. Mm. I think we talked about that in the Jonah episode, actually. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for listening and for joining us. Uh, we hope this was helpful or at least entertaining for you. And we'll see you in the next episode. Mm-hmm.